Welcome to the main experience. Welcome back to the Main Experience Podcast. I am really excited to share episode 11 with all of you. Today we are featuring a conversation with the Portland-based band Tumbledown. I really enjoyed sitting down with them and getting to learn about how they formed, their early musical influences, and of course all of the things that make Maine a great place to make music. Later, we will be featuring the first single off their upcoming EP, a cover of the Kygo song, This Town. And finally, we will send you off with a main soundscape recorded on the shore of the harbor in the coastal town of Belfast, Maine. But first, I hope you enjoy my conversation with Tumble Down. Okay, here we are uh, at the studio Portland again, and I am here with the Tumble Down Band. Yay. Um, yeah. uh, we have all three members here. This is the most people I think I've had on the podcast before, so this will be fun to wrangle three people at one time. We'll try not to be too unruly. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. I appreciate it. You got it. Um, so if you guys want to introduce yourselves and say what you do in the band, that'd be awesome. All right. Um, hi, my name is Lauren Steidel, and I am the lead singer in the band. Um, although sometimes the guy sitting next to me will jump in on vocals as well. Occasionally. <laughs> um, and yeah, pass it off to you. And I'm Joe Carpenito. I'm the guitarist. And uh, we, we have the great fortune of, of playing a lot of my original material, which is great. And not being an A-plus singer, to say the least. It's just great to have Lauren singing a lot of songs that I've written and always hope to have sung well. And uh, she's taken it to a new level. So it's been great. That's great. Yeah, I'm Scott Steidel, and yes, I am related to Lauren. I play keys, and how are you related, by the way? <laughs> in some interesting way, and um, I am um, kind of taking on a lot of the recording stuff and tech stuff, kind of learning as we go. But we're getting there. How um how did you form? How did the three of you find each other and decide to start writing music together? Well, to start, um, just. Going off of what uh, Scott just said, we are related. So it didn't take um, – it wasn't that hard to forge that relationship um, <laughs> since it's been there since I was born. Um, I'm his daughter. And, um, yeah, we, like, have always been a very musical family. Um, he and my mom both studied at Juilliard, and so I kind of, like, grew up in that uh, in that world. And I always – took an interest in music and singing was always my passion, even though I like dabbled in piano and some other stuff. And um, when I moved back to Maine, which was in 2017, after I graduated from college, um, I was living at home and just trying to figure out like what the next musical adventure would be. Um, And, you know, he was already actually in a band with Joe um, so you, you guys can want to talk about yeah. that. And a Lauren bit. did a ton of music in college too. Um, yeah, sort of. This was the how the band got going, I guess. But um, uh, m- so we got started largely because I was just thinking about it on the way over. Um, probably about two and a half years ago or yeah. something. Yeah, I don't know, something like you that. You too. Yeah, yeah, the two of us because. Um, I got in it, long story short, through a friend of Lauren's who was in a 
whose father was in a band. They said they needed a keyboard player. I thought, okay, I'll check this out because I play keyboard. And that night I went over. The first person I met was Joe. He was at the door. Um, we were saying, you know, talking briefly about how we're trying to get our musical chops uh, together, you know, after not playing a lot very recently. And I walked in the room and there were two other keyboard players there. So I almost walked out. Had I walked out, we probably wouldn't be sitting here. <laughs> True. But yeah, we, we play together in, in a band um, in Cape Elizabeth for, uh, I don't know how long before Lauren joined, but I asked Lauren to come over to sing and she stayed in there for at least a year or more. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting full circles that have happened because of where we live, where we grew up in the Cape Elizabeth, South Portland area. And uh, when my son was old enough for me to start doing more music seriously, I met an old friend that had a barn in Cape Elizabeth. And he said, we do some music. Do you want to come over? And uh, I said, yeah, sure. And I went over and met my old friend whose name is Jack Lowe, and he owns this really cool barn. And uh, another two guys, Mike Foley, who sings and plays bass, and Nick Freed, who plays guitar. And we hit it off, and we, we played music, and it was fun. And then we found out about a local drummer who literally lived blocks away. He jumped in. Within six months, we met Scott. And it just kind of fell together in this interesting way. So we got to give a, a, a nada and a, a, you know, a, a hello to the Driftwood Barn Band and always hold them near and dear because we had so much fun playing with them. And it brought us together. Um, we decided, you know, after a while, after doing some gigs together as the Driftwood Barn Band, we wanted to do more of that. And the other members of the band just really didn't feel like doing gigs and moving the gear and all that. So we decided to strike out as a trio. And we did our first gig a year ago on October 5th. And it just kind of fell together. We had a lot of kind of musical common ground and like playing out, like hamming it up on stage and singing and playing and, and doing that. And uh, we've done 40 gigs since then and having a, having a ball doing it and yeah. uh, really working hard to kind of take our music to a, a whole new direction, too. That, that leads nicely into my next question. What would you describe the sound of the band to be? And in that same question, what are your musical influences? I think that what's um, really great about this trio is that even though it's small and we have a lot in common, we also have a lot of differences that um, bring different things to the table. Um, we all come from like pretty different backgrounds musically, um, despite having been lifelong musicians. Um, so like I had grown up and was interested in music, like I said, um, at, from a young age, but I mostly it was early on in musical theater. And then when I wanted, went into college, I um, kind of strayed from that but focused more on pop and jazz mm -hmm. um, and never really, like, uh, broke into, like, the rock folk space until moving back here and then working with the Driftwood Barn Band. Um, it was, like, it was very much, like, a classic rock band yeah. with, like, some rock originals as well. Um, and that was, like, the first time I'd really experienced that. But um, as Joe and Scott, I'm sure, will tell you that their background was very different from that because I don't think either of them had really um, like sliced into the the pop or the jazz spaces. I mean, maybe you kind of did with with jazz, but a little bit, yeah. Um, so I guess the question is about the band. I mean, we all have I think some pretty varied backgrounds, and it's been kind of fun pulling that together, like Lauren said. And um, I, I, you know, I'm we we really have played quite a range of things, kind of centering on um, blues, soul, rock, and then a, a, 
a pretty strong nod towards uh, electronic stuff, which mm -hmm. we were getting more into, more in the presentation, but also as a genre too. Yep. And um, this is going to be a pretty big shift. Um, we're we're going to be playing at One Longfellow um, because some of it's going to actually really be presented in the format of a kind of a, a DJ set with Ableton because I. Um, kind of been learning a lot from people who kind of do that and mix between tunes and then can play live to that. So we're really experimenting a lot. It's been kind of fun. To, that's to, very to kind of that's very cool. Not really so much in Joe's in my background, but it's been it's been fun. It sounds like you guys are still sort of kind of finding your sound and finding what what this is. Absolutely, it's evolving. That's a awesome. Lot. That's very cool. And I think that like. Um, as a keyboardist and the person who's like learned a lot about Ableton and recording and stuff like that, um, pulling in all these really cool synth sounds that, um, you know, I had never experienced when playing live before, but that we did a lot um, when we played around town this past year. Um, I think it's really cool that S Scott is able to do that while also like bringing with bringing to that um, this like deep experience in like classical composition, which wasn't that, I think that was your um, background at Juilliard. So it's like a really interesting um, way to like contextualize that new um, Absolutely. sound. Absolutely. It's funny, my son Joseph has played a lot of EDM for me over the years and turned me onto it. And I'll always say, where's the guitar? There's no lead guitar. I'd love to romp on that, you know? And so now Scott's laying out these really thick grooves for me to just go crazy on lead guitar-wise, and it is so much fun. I mean, it's it just opens up this door to expressiveness with the instrument that's just fantastic. I love the idea of you guys who have been playing music your whole lives and are, you know, well-trained musicians, yet finding this new technology. It's really cool. It's exciting, yeah. I gotta say. It makes it fun. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I'm sure... When you have when you have a deep musical knowledge, when you see what the technology can do and you can bring your creativity to something that is almost limitless in its creativity, uh, it's got to be really exciting. Yeah, absolutely. Very cool. Very cool. And I, I like to say that I grew up in the time when guitars ruled the world, you know, from the Beatles to the whole Woodstock generation of musicians and players and you know, so much of that is still relevant and happening in a live format as well as, you know, you hear people playing good guitar and uh, that's my influence and what I like to bring to the band is my major thing. You led me right into my next question. Again, I was going to go to each one of you individually and talk about your your primary musical influences. You know, what early, what was it that got you, what what was it that, that hooked you on music? What made you want to pursue music? I have to go back a long ways for that one. Um, I mean, you know, my my mother was, she actually taught music in college, so she knew a fair amount about music. But I just remember rifling through, I don't know how old I was then, maybe six, seven years old, lots of movie soundtracks. I used to love these things. And um, then kind of got, my, my brother got a stereo and then came the the Beatles and the Guess Who and all the, the big bands at that time. That was sort of the next phase. Um, but I had, I, right from the start, had lots of different influences. I took piano lessons for 10 years. And there, you know, the, the, the typical piano training is you go through, you know, Bach and Beethoven and on and on. So I had all that. But then I got, like, the average American kid in, interested in music. I played in a rock band. And then when... In, in, um, 
high school, got in some jazz bands, and I kind of did the same thing in college. Um, after that, though, I kind of kind of narrowed into learning a little bit more about just sort of standard um, orchestral writing, composition, you know, that kind of orchestration, things of that sort. So I did that for a while. Wow. Very cool. Yeah, the, I grew up in the Beatles era as some of my earliest and youngest memories were around the Beatles. And uh, my sister Judy, who's four years older than me, it didn't take long before she was turning me on to all kinds of, you know, music that I wouldn't have been exposed to if it weren't for her and her, a lot of her friends. And so I was hearing, you know, at 10 years old, some pretty way out there stuff yep. from Jimi Hendrix to you name it. And uh, it really opened my ears and just gave me a great hunger for music. I think I had my first guitar when I was like eight years old. Yeah. Of course, I didn't know what to do with it, but I loved to bang on it and strum it and try <laughs> and make it. Sound. And then one of her friends, when I was a little bit older, came over, tuned it up and played it. And I was like, wow, I didn't even know that could happen with that guitar. <laughs> and I was like, I want to take lessons. You know, I want to be able to do that. And I've spent the rest of my life trying to do that. Yeah. <laughs> pretty cool. Yeah. And um, I myself early on didn't take like a huge, this was back in like, late 90s, early 2000s, didn't take like a huge, huge interest in the popular music of that time. I'm actually, I think I'm now more interested in that music than I was while it was coming out. Yeah. Um, and I was like really into, um, as I think I mentioned earlier, musicals and listened to a lot of Rent and um, like Spring Awakening and like some of those other um, shows, but they like have kind of a like modern like rock edge to them. And then after graduating, well, and during college, I was in an acapella group, too. Um, and that was mostly, like, pop and R&B. So that was my first experience with that. I was also in a jazz combo. Um, but there are a lot of, like, similarities between those styles, um, particularly vocally. Now you hear a lot of, like, jazzy vocals in both pop and even rock um, and definitely, like, in R&B and jazz. Um, but... Yeah, once I then came back to Maine, I would say, like, my current, like, musical style kind of, like, gelled. And it was, like, kind of around um, the work of singers like Susan Tedeschi and um, more recently, like, um, Aaron Allen Kane and St. Paul and the Broken Bones, um, who are actually going we're to see tonight, tonight yeah. at the State <laughs> Theater. Um, so it's been kind of like a journey musically. And I feel like I've been like pulled in a lot of different directions, but it's kind of like all like coming together and like yep. coalescing. That's awesome. Yeah, you can kind of take a little bit from all your different experiences. Yep. And then you all, each of you have your own experiences and you guys are blending all that together. Th that's the cool part. Yeah. Because for instance, Lauren has turned me on to some artists that I never – Maybe never wouldn't have stumbled upon them in songs where at first I'm like, hmm, but then I start to play and I'm like, wow, that's an amazing song. Um, and so I think we do that for each other. We, we enlighten each other to different things musically that we might not have had come up otherwise. And there's so much common ground within it that, you know, I like to use the analogy that the sum is greater than the parts. Something happens that's something I couldn't do by myself. If I was in the studio all by myself, it would be a little bit one dimensional. But when the three of us attack it, it becomes much more dimensional. It sounds like you guys are you, – you're all approaching it from a, a very open space where you're open to things that maybe you're unfamiliar with or 
electronic yep, elements yep. or a different genre and you guys are just approaching it from really yeah. open and creative space. That's the goal. That's that's really, really cool. Um, can you talk a little bit about how that translates into a recording or a song? Talk a little bit about what your process is for collaborating and songwriting and then eventually recording. Well, I think just to jump on what Joe was, was saying, I think a really good example of that process at, at work um, is in the recording of this first single that we're going to be putting out before too long. Um, and it's actually a cover. And um, I think we can probably say what it is. It's um, This Town by Kygo, um, the like electronic group. Okay. And um, Sasha Sloan, I think, is the vocalist on that. Um, that was a song that I had listened to uh, for a few months when it first came out and really, really liked it. We were still playing with the Driftwood Barn Band at that time, so it was really rock-centric. We weren't really using that many um, non-organic sounds, inorganic sounds. Um, and I was listening to it, and they they used a lot of that, but there was also, like, um, you could, like, pick out the um, the guitar sound. And I loved the, like, combination of the two. And then, like, her voice in it didn't have a lot of, like, editing. So it was, like, a good combination of, like, digital and like analog yeah. um, sounds. And, and it has a haunting melody. It really does. And I sent it, it actually over to Joe. Yeah. Um, I was like at the gym and I was just like, Joe, I was listening to it. I was like, Joe would like this, I think. And it has a good guitar part. And as Joe said, he's kind of a guitar head. <laughs> um, and after that, he was like, I think we could like, we could do this. And this was like over a year ago now. But um, do you want to talk a little bit about well, how that's, how it's evolved? <laughs> it, well, it's definitely evolved. Um we got kind of a handle on the song and playing it, and we've done it as a trio a lot. And then we gave it to the mad scientist, Scott, <laughs> who came up with just an unbelievable approach to the song that included the the heart and soul of it that we had already kind of swam in, but it brought it to a new place. I'm really excited about unleashing it on our, our friends and family and public. Cool. And I think it's different. And to me, there's also a thing about lyrically, it's about this town. And it's really this town, this where we are that brought us together and, you know, so many friends and neighbors. And it just kind of became this collective thing that happened. Really interesting. So our creative process is similar to that. There's an idea and then it kind of takes a life of its own. And I think a lot of times we don't really know where it's going to end up. Um, and this one's ended up in a place that I really like. Yeah. We've done a lot of writing, too, because the concept that's coming up, I think there I think there are only three covers in it. Everything else is going to be original. And although right now we're kind of putting the, the bones of, of each tune together individually, maybe that'll change over time, um, it's been very much of a collaborative process to kind of put it together. Mm. And then uh, there's a lot of other stuff that's going into the mix now, uh, you know, like he's saying electronically since processing this and that, which is fun. The, the interesting thing of it, because we've been moving a little bit more in this concert towards a, a sort of an electronic presentation, most of these elect electronic artists will say, you know, before I walk on stage, I basically have to have something ready that can virtually go on an album, because that's kind of the way that music world works. And because we've been sort of doing some of that, we've kind of ended up, it's kind of good in a way, because we're going to end up by the time we get there with things that are almost there to be, you know, put online. Um, so that's, it's been kind of an interesting journey from where we were just two years ago in, in a barn to kind of being pretty high, te high tech at this moment. 
And we're really like 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 you said, we're really interested in um, writing original music. But this first EP that we're going to be launching um, around the time of the show, it might be like a little bit after, but um, the show is kind of like, um, you know, to build up some excitement around that EP, yeah. regardless of whether it's already out or not. Um, that will be very cover heavy. Um, there will be probably four covers on that. Um but we'll also have one of our original songs to like give a taste of like the album that'll be all originals to come. Um, and I would guess that'll be like sp- spring, summer 2020. Um, so yeah, we kind of have, and we're hoping to put out this town, um, so that we can put like a, you know, a voice and a sound to this song that we've been talking about and that means so much to us, like, um, out there pretty soon. Yeah. It's very cool. Very cool. And I think, you know, the collaboration also, impact songwriting in general. One of my songs that I've been working on for literally years all came together because Lauren showed up for a rehearsal with a very funny story. Well, not really funny, but she was in a great mood. And I was like, what, what's going on? She's like, I just had the worst day of my life. And yet she didn't care. And, uh, you know, it was one of those, uh, it, I got rained on, I lost my phone, the whole nine yards. And I was working on a song that's titled, I Don't Care. And so it really gave me a lot of lyrical um, ideas for completing the song, which it did. And now we've got this full-on song that I love playing. That's and a great it's, song. It's, it's, and it's got a funny kind of natural yeah. or organic element to it that's real. Yeah. You know? yeah. It's got a good wit to it <laughs> yes. at my expense. Well, a little <laughs> but bit. But I, I appreciate it. <laughs> I love it. It's um, I can just tell by the chemistry with you guys that you're approaching this from such a open and creative space. It's... Really inspiring. And, you know, that, I love it. that does take some effort, too. Yeah, right, of course. Because a lot of times you'll, you'll hear an idea and you'll be like, oh, God. But you, it's like you have to – and I will – I call it woodshedding. I, I have to take it to my home studio and listen to it and think about it and play through it before it, it dawns on me like, wow, this is a f- fantastic idea or a great song or whatever. But it's like I, I often find that I have an, an immediate like knee-jerk – internal reaction sometimes that I have to let go of over yeah, and over again. Absolutely. I, I just have to open my mind and my heart to the, whatever it is and, and give it a fair chance. Yeah. God. But that takes effort. That's if, if people could do that for so many things other than just music, you <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? It's like, yes. that's a really healthy approach in a lot of things. Yeah. Um, so let's talk a little bit about Maine. This is called the Maine experience after all. So um, are you all originally from Maine? Basically, I, well, I'm sorry, I have to speak for you. I, I was born in Boston, but moved here when I was 10 months old. Okay. So grew up in Maine, and then I uh, lived in greater Boston for 12 years and played music there a ton. And uh, after I got married, we moved back to Maine and started kind of over again here. More music. Yeah. Yeah, I was born in Chicago, but I grew up in a Minneapolis area. But I've been on the East Coast most of my life. And, um, I in the in the medical biz, so you kind of travel around a little bit. But we we I've been here for over ten years and and love Maine, so I'm sure this is going to be the place I'll stay. But um, yeah, kind of been been around a lot. So Baltimore, New York City for twelve years, and you know other. So you've been around a little bit. Yeah. You 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 know yeah. why, why Maine is awesome. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, like I I um we lived when you were working at um. Uh, U Maryland. Yeah. Um, we lived in, in the Baltimore area for a really long time, like over 10 years. And that was where I kind of grew up. And um, 
I mean, we traveled around, but it's funny, like now that we've lived in Maine for the better part of my life, um, and I left and went to the tri-state area for college, had a good experience there, but immediately came back up here. Yeah. <laughs> I think it just goes to show, like, we kind of view Maine as our our home. And yeah. I, while, like, half of, almost half of my life has been spent in a different place, I really, like, whenever people ask where I'm from, I always say Maine. And I just, I, yeah, I can't imagine a better, a better place to live and yeah. grow up. Yeah. Um, can you talk a little bit about um, the Maine music community? Um, since you've kind of been a part of it for a long time, you were saying that you recorded in this very studio a while ago. So kind of talk a little bit about what it's like to be a main musician. It's really grown since I was playing music full time around here in the nineties and it's grown in a really positive way. Um, you know, in, in the couple of years that we've been playing, we've met and auditioned and, and played shows with other bands and stuff. And people have just been super nice and friendly and supportive and collaborative. And it's been refreshing. You know, there, it feels to me like there's a lot less ego and a lot more like let's play music. Yeah. You know, people people can support each other's bands and, and, and efforts and not feel like it's stepping on their toes. Like there's room enough for everybody at this point. And that's kind of fun to see. It's definitely refreshing. Yeah. For, for bands starting up, there's a lot of overlap between music and food. <laughs> and, <laughs> yes. And we, we, it's, you know, insane how many, we were talking about this uh, before the show, how many breweries and places there are. And they're very open to, to music. And some of them are great places to play. Yeah. Um, we've really enjoyed that. So um, Yeah, we love playing at like Urban Farm Fermentary and Maincraft Distilling. We've, we played there like our first show out um, there like almost a year ago. Hardshore. Hardshore. Yeah, there are just so many great places. I think we have the most breweries per capita. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think, that's I think right. that yeah. they're just like really ripe for um, having like the, you know, small biz, but like also like um, starting artist collaboration. And it was like a really good place for us to get a start was like at those breweries, distilleries, like, um, you know, like pubs, like things around town. Um, and the audience is always really receptive. They're never asking you to turn the music down. Right. They're always asking for you to play louder or play, play a song they know. Um, and I think now that we've gone through that, we're like really ready to kind of step onto a bigger stage, like one Longfellow Square. Um, so we're really excited about November 29th for that reason. That's awesome. Very cool. One of the, one of the cool things about that too is there'll be a sound man and a light man one of the hard things about playing as a, in a, as a trio in small places is, you know, you don't have a designated sound man. Yep. So, you know, we're always very grateful that the crowds allow us to do our kind of wonky sound check and get things going. And we'll do a little audience participation. What needs to be louder? What's too loud? You know, that, <laughs> and people are great. They're like a little of this, a little of that. And it's usually turn Lauren up. <laughs> yeah, so, almost always. Always. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's, it's been fun to do that. But it's, it's so nice when you play and other people run that side yeah. of the show. Yeah. Well, you can, be, you can be performers and you don't have to worry about being all the other stuff that goes right. along right. with it. I love the idea of an audience participation <laughs> sound check. That's, that's brilliant. <laughs> and I'll say this you is know? the audience participation part. What's too loud? What <laughs> yeah. needs to be louder? And some people just ignore it and other people are actually quite helpful. And they're like, a little of this. Yeah. I, well, as a, as, a sound, as a sound person and a person who goes to these shows, I'm often wonder like, well, if they would just ask me, I would right. tell them. I would tell them, <laughs> yes. But I really, I really can't speak highly enough of the main music scene, both from 
an audience standpoint, everybody's like super receptive to original music as well yeah. as covers that they might not know as as well. Um, and of course, as well as covers that they know really well and want to dance and sing to. Um, and then there's also the this like great, um, we've talked a lot about collaboration. There's like a lot of um, synergy like between the different bands in town, I think. Um, even when we were really new, and I mean, we're still a really new band um, in our own right. But when we when we first started out in the first few months, we ended up putting on a show at Flask with a couple other groups in town, um, one of which um, I think you – well, it was an individual artist from a group you just interviewed, um, Snug House. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and um, it was just a really fun experience. Everybody was super supportive. The other band was Tame and Temper, and they're playing um, all over the place as well, and it's – it just goes to show that, you know, there do, while it's, I guess, an inherently competitive business, like that competition doesn't have to be negative. It can be very supportive as well. Yeah. And I think that, I mean, I've heard some horror stories from other places about, um, you know, trying to crack into the music scene. Mm. Um, and it's just been the total opposite. I, I think it might just be Maine. <laughs> Something I, in the water. <laughs> I think I think you're right because it's definitely been, you know, my experience from the people I've spoken to is it's it's just very open and people are into hearing all sorts of different kinds of music. They're into helping their fellow musicians. No shortage of places to eat, drink, and hear live music. <laughs> exactly. Which is awesome because who doesn't love all those things? That's what we love. <laughs> yeah. That uh, that takes me to the kind of – the questions I'm kind of asking everybody. Um uh, where's your go-to place to eat? Which I know is a hard yeah, kind a of one. loaded question, but like, you know, if, it, it doesn't have to be a nice South dinner. It could be takeout. It could be this or that, but like, what's That was going to be my your... follow-up question. Like, yeah. is it, is it, it can be, it can hmm. be a nice formal dinner somewhere, or it can be where you're going on Friday night after the bar and you need something to eat or, you know, anything. Just... Yeah, my favorite Portland food is probably not my go-to because <laughs> it would be Street and Company and I definitely can't go there gotcha. as often as I would as I would like to. Gotcha. <laughs> hmm. That's a really hard question. Everybody always has problems with it. Is that right? Yeah. This is definitely okay. the hardest one you ask. Because no, no one wants to pick one, you know. that That's the hard part. Yeah. Because there are so many great choices. Yeah. You know, some of the places we play, I'll, I'll, you know, main craft distillers, their food's great. Yeah. Mm. I, I mean, I really, when we play there, I really enjoy eating there too. Um, and, and there's just so many great restaurants right now in, in town. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. I'll throw out a couple um, – Miyaki, mm -hmm. Boda, uh, Empire. Uh, there's a, a bakery that I love ne right next to where Joe lives, which is called Scratch Bakery in South Portland. That place is totally awesome. Yeah. Ben, ben K. And Ben K, right? I yeah, like yeah. Ben K. <laughs> love Ben K. Yes. I think my favorite, um, like, well-kept secrets in Portland are probably the Petite Jacqueline Happy Hour. Oh. Um, because they have $3 wine and beer, and it's all really good. And also really cheap. Amazing food. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, and the food there at any hour is yeah. amazing. But if you like crepes, which I love, <laughs> um, that's a great spot. And um, yeah, also really like the Ben K. Um, 
they have a late night menu and they stay open until, I think it's the only place that stays open until two. So if you're out playing a gig or something till really late and you want to grab a quick bite, still they're open and um, they always have a good, good atmosphere. That's, that's useful. That's a good useful tidbit. Late night food is always, always good to know for sure. Um, And then what about um, places in Maine that you love to go? Sort of, it can be a camping spot, hiking spot, coastal spot just sort of i've also had some people who don't really want to say where their favorite spots <laughs> yeah. are yeah. Yeah. Keep, it, keep it a so, secret yeah so yeah it's you, like every you, corner of maine in the summer <laughs> is now <laughs> uh filled with tourists exactly um well i always like to get to bar harbor at least once a year i love yeah. that place and it's amazing Acadia and all that yeah yeah and I, I got to say where I live, I live in the Willard Beach neighborhood and, you know, a couple blocks from the water. And d- definitely for the four or five months where it's beautiful out, it is just I don't know any place I'd rather be. Growing up, I would tell my son that we live in an international destination. I'd say, what's that mean, Dada? I'd say, well, people from all over the world just come to see this place and be here for a little bit. And we live here all the time. Yeah. You know, you know, I think that's one of the strengths of Maine, whether it's, you know, the Bax, you know, Baxter State Park or along the coast. Or, I mean, there's just so many phenomenal places in the state that I feel like uh, having lived here as long as I have, there's still a lot of the state that I haven't seen and I'd like to. Yeah. Yeah. I um, – oh, man. That is a really tough question also. <laughs> um, how, about, how about Tumbledown? Yeah. Oh, well, <laughs> I did I, – I've gotten kind of into hiking and I – went to tumble down um last weekend or two weekends ago and um finally feel like I earned being part of tumble down um and that, that was just an absolutely beautiful hike um th- that whole area it was just gorgeous too because it was peak foliage um so that was a great great spot to be but I just in general love going up the coast too uh like no specific destination there we played at Bath Heritage days which was a really fun show and fourth of july yeah that's a very cool town hot (laughs) very cool town um yeah we have friends my boyfriend's from there um like that are up in that area and um i i love going up there because it's it's such they've definitely preserved that um small town maine feel there it's like very authentic but it's also um there are like great places to eat and i would say that's maybe like my my favorite go-to right now awesome very cool Awesome. Um, and then uh, what's next for Tumble Down? You know, we've got the show coming up. we got the EP release, uh, new album originals um, after that, hopefully. Where are you guys at in five years from now? Sort of what's the – I know that's a long ways away, but what's the where, – where, where, where are you going with this? As far as it takes us. Yeah. You know, it's re- we're at, I think, for me, a very exciting place with it. Um, you know, the, the show coming up is something we're working hard at the recording stuff, the technology around it is a kind of steep learning curve for me, but Scott's been very patient with me and coming over to my house and helping (laughs) helping me figure out what button to push, but it's working. And, you know, I've got a home set up now where I can work on guitar parts at home and then transfer them to, to, to the motherboard at Scott's house. And, you know, all of a sudden we're collaborating um, in, in person in real time and separately, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Things that you couldn't do 20, 30 years ago. It's phenomenal. Technology has made it so easy. It's like it's almost a crime that it's become so easy, right? <laughs> it feels like you're cheating cheating sometimes, you know? I mean, I really – I guess a pie – 
you know, pie in the sky hope is, is that people will like our original material as much as I do. Yeah. I mean, I think we've got some great songs. I, I enjoy listening to them, love playing them. Um, I really hope that we have the same, like people have really liked our stuff when we've played it live. So I hope when they hear it, you know, with the full instrumentation and the full mm -hmm. sound that they like it even more. Yeah, if people have heard us previously, they'll be very surprised when they hear our, our planned recordings. It's going to be, you know, everything with plus the kitchen sink. I love it. That's um, awesome. But I think that we've really sort of decided that we're going to be focusing primarily on the recording to, to, to launch things. But, you know, at this point, kind of looking for bigger places to play always with a eye on the on the future and lauren's been great on social media and that's that's a big piece of it yeah I, i've been kind of the pr person um yeah. of reaching out to different venues and stuff um i think that you know we we don't see this as um the end game it's a really good milestone for the band but after ols i mean hopefully they'll have us back in the future and we'll also be on other um similarly sized stages um in the near future and then long term hopefully um you know you always want to aim aim high and um i think that that's that's we're all on the same page with that so that's good sky's the limit why yeah. not it's awesome. If not now, when? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That was great. Um, so thank you so much for coming on the podcast, guys. Thanks for um, having us. That's great. Is there anything you want to add? Anything else you want to mention? Plug? Say hi to somebody? Anything like that? Or, um, well, I got to thank my wife for putting up with my musical madness for 30 plus years. And so that's a good thing. <laughs> Uh, she still comes to see us play. And she actually thinks that this is the best music I've ever played. And that's saying something. So that's good. That's a that's a resounding <laughs> that, endorsement. That, that's there. good. <laughs> yeah, we definitely have to thank our families. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Very, My mom, your wife. <laughs> well, the live music thing is like it's not an easy business to be into. You know, weird hours. Uh, you know, nights, weekends, stuff like that. So, yeah, there's always somebody at home, right? Yeah, or out at all hours yeah. watching us <laughs> and listening to some songs they've heard a number of times. Um, but I think we're we're all really excited because a lot of the songs we'll be playing at One Longfellow will be songs that nobody, including those individuals that have heard us play so much around town, have ever heard before. So, Or at least in that version, yeah. Yes, yeah. Cool. And awesome. I think, you know, considering today's chaotic and divisive age that we're in, Music is so needed right now to bring people together in a positive way to shake it off. You know what I mean? Like yes. we need that. And music is something that you can take or leave it, but it can be such a unifying thing for people. And, uh, you know, it doesn't matter what your politics are, what your faith is or isn't. You can come and enjoy music and have that moment and let go of the rest. I, th I think we really need that now. Music is the best. No better way to end it. Thank you so much, guys. I Thank appreciate you. it. Thank you. Thanks. Thank awesome. you. See you at one Longfellow. Thank you so much to Lauren, Joe, and Scott for taking the time to share their story with us. As they discussed in the interview, they have a big EP release show coming up on Friday, November 29th at One Longfellow Square in Portland. Check the show notes for more details. And now, here is the first single off that new upcoming EP, This Town. Oh, 
Down with their version of the song This Town. And once again, go see them live at One Longfellow Square in Portland, November 29th. Thank you so much for listening to episode 11 of The Main Experience. To send you off today, we have a recording I made while standing along the shore of the harbor in the coastal town of Belfast, Maine. I hope you enjoy. See you next time.
the main experience is produced by Audio Evolutions. Audio Evolutions is a small business run by me, Jason DeWald, and I would love to work with you on your next project. In the modern age of digital media, it is easier than ever for people to be creative, but poor audio quality can distract from all of your hard work and ruin your project. Let Audio Evolutions help evolve your sound to the next level. Offering services ranging from full-scale music production for your next album, podcast production to give you the professional sound you deserve, audio post-production for video, location sound recording for video shoots, and even voiceovers. Send an email to jason at audioevolutions.net and let me know how Audio Evolutions can help you evolve the way your world sounds.